Hello, my name is Rachel Kleppmiller, and I am joined by Allison Andrews. We're thrilled to be bringing you the first edition of our brand new podcast that's going to help you create great content for your business in your marketing efforts. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, and we had this idea for a podcast because Allison and I both come from television and media. Mm-hmm. We have worked together for a long time. Yes, and we probably have decades, literally decades of practice making content. <laughs> right. And we have created a lot a of lot. content. We have done award-winning content. Yes. We have done content that is not award-winning. Correct. Which is why we know the difference. Right? <laughs> we are able to tell you what we've learned. Yes. And we, I like to say, very skilled at making things work when they shouldn't work. Exactly. Which... In this day and age, right? Everybody, right. we all need that. Yes. I can remember, uh, Allison, you telling me several times, I don't know, Rachel, you'll, you'll figure it out. I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? Lucky for you, um, Rachel's already been the test case for a lot of this. And so you won't have to figure it out. If you just hang with us here, we're going we're gonna to get you through it. Yes. Great. Awesome. So for this, this first episode of our future award-winning podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about what makes effective content. A lot of marketing people out there, brand ambassadors, are working every day trying to create content that entices people, that engages them with your brand. So we're going to run through a quick checklist to ensure your content is effective. Some of our tried and true tips. Tried and true tips. Um, Allison, what do you, let's just start there with what do you think are the biggest mistakes people make with content? Well, I think to some degree it depends on the form of content, but I do think that there are a few things that are kind of recurring that um, tend to be the ones that you see the most. And the first one I would say is having an idea that isn't presented in an original way. Um, I think there's a lot of people who see maybe a competitor's blog or somebody else and they go, oh, that's a good idea. I could do that. But then there's no thought given into presenting it in a different way or, or making it your own. Um, I think content that is hard to digest is a big miss. Um, we are all just too busy. Um, I, ain't nobody got time for that, right? <laughs> so people don't want to work that hard to, to, to get something. Um, so I think that is a big mistake is making it hard to digest. Um, and I think if your content doesn't solve a problem or answer a question for who you're trying to reach, then you've just wasted your time. Yeah, you really have to know that that target audience. Right. Because there's a big difference if you are talking to someone who already knows your industry or is in your industry or if you're trying to bring somebody in. Um, and so not only in the way that you talk to them, but also in how you present it to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think sometimes um, for a while there, I was writing a lot of content on social selling, like getting sales leaders to understand the importance of using social media. Well, if you talk to some VPs of sales, they don't care about Twitter. They, they care about, <laughs> they're like, okay, little girl. Um, but it's not about Twitter. It's about the outcome. So, so the content wasn't about how to get your sales team to use Twitter. The content was around how to get your sales team to increase revenue by the end of the year communicating digitally. Right. right. Well, and that's part of part of knowing your target audience is knowing where to reach them because there are different ways and so many different platforms now um, by which to get your, your message out and your, your content out. And so that starting from knowing your target audience is a big, big part of it. And can also help, too, if you are sitting there and you work in a very complex industry, if you're 
writing about plumbing or something and, and you're like, how am I, how can I make it this interesting? If you really think about that target audience and what they care about, then it can work for you in that way. Right. Absolutely. So let's dive right into some, some great tips. I think you have a great first tip, which sounds simple, but it isn't. Make it easy to read. Make it easy to read. Again, we don't have a lot of time. So I think you have to really look at the structure um, of the information and you have to look at the balance of the information. Um, you put everything but the kitchen sink into one piece of content and you've um, not only confused the, the people that you're trying to reach and bogged them down, but you could have gotten additional content. Um, you did a bad job of maximizing what you could have gotten out of that. Um, and that's a great point too. I Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but you're fine. I think it's a good point too. If you are a team of one or a team of two, you have a small Right. I mean, that content has got to work for you. Absolutely. If it can be two. In more ways than one, usually. (laughs) Yeah. If it can be two blogs instead of one, go for it. So that goes back to your balance of info point. Right. And so I think to make it easy when you're looking at the structure, kind of you've learned you have to have a beginning, middle, and end. Um, And... I had a, a an old news director who used to, well, he would be so mad if I called him an old news director. Let's say previous news director is probably a better way to say that. A previous news director who, who said once, you know, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And while that was, you know, really helpful to help a news viewer along, it is certainly, I have learned over multiple types of platforms, um, uh, also a good practice to help people, you know, carry them through. Um and to that point, I think it's it goes back to making it easy to read, but it's not in just the it's the words that you say. It's also how you lay it out, if, especially digitally. I always say make it easy on the eye. Right. So uh, you might need to use bullets. Uh, you might need to bold certain words. Um, you might need to break up a longer piece with graphics, um, especially if you consider where people are digesting the content, right? Whether that's on mobile or, you know, on their laptop. Right. I think I even use that trick in my emails. Like if I'm writing a giant email, I love to bold. I'll I'll go red. I'll make it red if it's like right. really important, <laughs> but bold, underline, bullets just to improve the readability. Well, and because really we're we're all a bunch of scanners. <laughs> I mean, in, in the end, you know, how many of you have repeated something that you saw on a Facebook feed? Only because you read the headline, right? So if you're going to click it, I really need to be able to scan it and digest it to really be able to understand it. As a former news person, I hate to admit that, but I am guilty of reading just like the headlines. Well, and that's why those headlines are so important. When you're thinking about content, it shouldn't be the last thing that you do. Um, uh, In fact, I could argue sometimes you can write backwards and make that the first thing that you do. But, um, you know, you want that headline to really draw people in. Right. Make them click. Mm-hmm. Right. Stop the headline readers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so the, the next tip I think is important one is you really want to write from a position of authority. And if you're working in an industry and, and you're going to share a blog or a piece of content, obviously you're going to have some sort of authority because that's the line of work you're in. But your reader needs to know that too. So you want to make sure you're backing up what, what you say with some sort of of authority, and that can come in many ways. Right. I mean, it could be just simply in your experience, right? Um, gives you the uh, credibility to say what you're saying, um, but it can also be in research. Yeah, I think if I'm writing a, a topic about best 
best ways to close the deal by the end of the year or some I write a lot of sales content if anybody couldn't have tell, <laughs> known that from my uh, examples here but I will go to Harvard Business Review and see what kind of research that they'll that they offer that supports my company's point of view and it just bolsters what what you say so when you're writing your content, obviously share your own expertise and your own point of view, but don't forget to, to Google some other authorities in your industry. And that's also a great way to build up some content relationships because you can reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm linking to your research in my blog. I featured it. I cited you. I linked. Would love if you wanted to share it. And more often than not, those people will share your content too so you can get more visibility. Right. It can help you spread what the message that you're trying to get across. And again, if you're the team of one, team of two, it really allows you to maximize the efforts of others and align yourself with other viewpoints, but other brands that may, might have a bigger audience. Right. Which when you're searching out the information, people are more likely than to run into you when you're talking about SEO because it can be not just from you as the source, but from them as the right. source. Build that link authority in. So I think finally... Um, one of the most important points and something that we're all trying to do, especially, I think this is very top of mind at end of quarter or end of the year, is how are we using our content to prove ROI? How are we motivating people to action with the content? Because that's really in the end what why you're doing this in the first place. Um, because if you have a blog and no one reads it, then who cares? Um, and so that is a critical part Um to what makes good content is does it in fact motivate somebody to action and what is that action that you want them to take because that can be a lot of different things yeah we mentioned you know really thinking about your headline but i would argue too to really before you start writing what is your goal with this piece of content what do you want that person to do do you want them to just know who you are do you want them to book a meeting do you want them to download an ebook or fill out a form on your website what is that action that you want that person to take and then that content should lead the person to making that action. I think when I think about motivating to action with content, I often think about how we were taught to write teases and newscasts, how you get people to come back after the commercial break. That's right. Um, and so what you want to do is throughout your content, keep leading them there just like a tease would for a newscast. And it can't be with something that they expect. It needs to be something more unexpected. It needs to be uh, something that, is more of a gee whiz factor, uh, or as I like to call it, a little nugget. Right, because I remember you telling me often in the newsroom, Rachel, who cares about that? Nobody cares. Right, cares. and well, and like, and like you know, <laughs> we've we've said before, if you have somebody, if you, if a weather guy is teasing your forecast, okay, right. I, I I figured you were going to give me that. Give me some. What else am I going to get? Right. Um. Uh, I think one that is often heard on the news and you'll probably hear it on the especially the morning news if you listen to it we'll tell you if you need to put a jacket on the kids when you when they're at the school right. bus next day or right. bring your umbrella on your commute we'll let you know if you need the umbrella which or the latest you'll tell me the latest well thank you I, it's the news I would hope that you tell me the latest right. but so, what is that one piece dig down into the content and what you're offering and what is that one piece that truly might bring value might change their perspective might broaden their thinking um, or, again, might cause them to act. And I think urgency is really important when we're trying to motivate people to action. Right. Well, I think urgency kind of ties into uh, the emotional element that a content should have, right? There's got to be something in that content that that touches my heart. 
Um, and whether that's from a practical standpoint or from an emotional standpoint, um, those those urgency, uh, using the appropriate words for urgency um, can make a difference. And that doesn't mean exclamation points. Um, and that can't make people, we're not talking about scaring people uh-huh. or, you know, but... Um, you want to motivate people to action and it, you want them to take the action now because guess what? When they click off your page, they're going to forget that they were there. Right. <laughs> so how can you cause them to click that button, download that form, book the meeting with you right then. You want to make it easy to do, create urgency. And also, I think another great tip around this motivate people to action is create some sort of exclusivity. Hey, just for people who read this blog, I'm offering this. Or just for the first 20 people who uh, fill out this form, I'm going to give them a $20 Amazon gift card. It's something that you can... uh, toss up share some value to motivate people to action right because if you're if you're um if your action is always a call to buy something or have a meeting or you know do this then it's a it's a one-sided relationship and really nobody wants to be in that right you don't want to be too salesy right exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i think these are some some great tips i know that it's sometimes when you kind of skin these you're like gosh well that's pretty sounds pretty simple make it easy to read but they're fundamentals and even when you're caught up in cranking out content repeatedly a lot of times you just got to take a step back and say whoa is that too long or i should probably could use a bullet or two right right well you know know, we get into routines and i think we have our formulas and we kind of know what works especially if you've been doing uh uh content writing um for a longer period of time. So it's getting, it's kind of uh, training your brain to give everything a once over, a quick scan. Is it easy to read? Is it, um, you know, did I make my points clear? Um, You know, have I, have I said why you should listen to me and not somebody else? Um, And, and I think a lot of times you'll probably find something that you overlooked. Right. A quick scan can Mm -hmm. work, can work wonders. Great tips. Thank you for sharing your insight, Allison. Sure. It was fun to be here. (laughs) Appreciate that. Thank you to all of you for listening. Be sure to tune into our next episode.